Hello, bienvenido, and welcome. My name is Annette Perel. I'm a proud Afro-Latina of Panamanian descent and a doula for over 17 years and mom of a son. I created this podcast to help connect people to other Black, Latino, and Indigenous people in the birth field. I also want my listeners to hear birth stories directly from the parents who experience them. Welcome to the Clear Birth Podcast. When I do anything, I'm always like, how does it work with our skin? You know, this is my clientele. I don't want to use things that have like a huge possibility of causing an adverse effect. The purpose of them coming here is for them to feel good, to feel safe, and to just experience effective treatments. Our skin is our body's largest organ. It is also one of the most neglected. Today, I'm speaking with Lakeisha Dale, esthetician and owner of Mela Skin Studio. With the popularity of Hashtag Wellness Wednesday and Hashtag Self-Care Sunday, I want to talk about the importance of having a great skincare routine and the benefits of seeing an esthetician regularly. Let's jump into the show. Hi, Lakeisha. Welcome to my show. Hi, thank you for inviting me. And the first question is, what career did you want to do when you were in grade school, high school and college? Oh, my goodness. In grade school, I knew I wanted to be an artist because I would draw a lot. Like on any piece of paper, any blank paper in a book or anything, I was drawing on it. And I I just knew I wanted to be a, like some sort of creative. And when I got to junior high school... I had realized that I wanted to do fashion design because prior to junior high school, I used to like take old t-shirts that like anyone in my family would wear because we all lived in this like multifamily home. Um, And I would cut them up and I would make Barbie clothes. I would make gowns. I would make bikinis. I would do all this stuff. Um, I remember I accidentally cut my mom's like her favorite like Tony Braxton t-shirt it's like one of those like you know like the concert t-shirt yes exactly I thought it was a shirt that I was cutting up earlier I cut up I cut into her shirt she lost her mind like I didn't care though because I was like happy I got to do what I wanted to do exactly and um so in junior high school I was like yeah I want to do fashion design so the high I applied to like um art and design, fashion industries, high school. Um, I applied to a couple other schools just to apply, but I knew that I wanted to go to fashion industries. I'm like, I want to be a fashion designer. Like you couldn't tell me anything. And I got into the school and it was such an amazing experience because I got to be around like so many different like ethnicities and cultures. I grew up in an area where um, it's pretty much a lot of Caribbean people like my family's from Jamaica you know there are a lot of Jamaicans in the area that I grew up in you know and then you have like a little bit of like Antiguan um, Guyanese you have African um, and then you also have like a small Asian community as well and so I had like a mix but I didn't have like a broad mix of people that I was around especially in school so it it just opened up my eyes to like so many different things. So, so many different ways of being and upbringings. And that was, it was really cool. And I, and I still continued on after high school. I went to um, fashion industries, high school, I mean, fashion, um, the fashion Institute of technology. And I got my associate's degree there in fashion design. And I worked in fashion for a little bit. I did product development for brands like Rockaware, Billionaire, Billionaire Boys Club, 
Um, I even dabbled in the jewelry industry a little bit. I worked for a jewelry designer. Um, I worked in her flagship location where like pretty much her business was brand, you know? So anywhere from her doing like consultations for certain celebrities for custom work that have been buying her, you know, jewelry for years to like, you know, different like pop-up and shopping events and um and just like the day-to-day of like mail order and people coming in to buy gifts for their wives or their daughters or friends or whomever. Um, but makeup was something that I always loved. I just never thought about it as a career. And I was always into like, you know, primping and pampering myself because I would watch my mom. Like if my mom was going to the supermarket, she would do her eyeliner, her lip gloss, you know, perfume, lotion, this, that to go to the supermarket. And so that became a normal thing to me. So I was always interested in it, but it was just very glamorous to me. Like that's me watching my mom and my aunts get ready for parties to go to like, you know, popular clubs in the Bronx back in the nineties and stuff like that, early two thousands. And it was just, I just loved the process of putting the look together. So makeup was just something that I naturally enjoyed. I would do it on my friends, on myself in high school. And then as I got into college, like I would do it here and there, but I still never thought about a career in beauty, let alone what I'm doing now, a career in skincare. So while I was working in fashion, I would dabble a little bit. I started making friends with like makeup artists to kind of like learn the ins and, ins and outs of what it takes to be a makeup artist, what comes along with like following that career and, you know, sacrifices you have to make, you know, the pros and the cons. And um, I eventually like went full force into being a makeup artist. You know, I got the dream job of working at a mat counter because everyone who does makeup, you want to start at a mat counter. So I was living in Harlem at the time, just like a few blocks up from Central Park. And I got my job in Yonkers (laughs) because by this time I wasn't living in the Bronx anymore. And I was like, okay, I just need my foot in the door. So I'm going to take this job. I'm going to work here for six months. And then once my six months is up, I'm going to transfer to a location in Manhattan because this commute, it was, it was crazy. It would take me two hours to get to work. And, but it was an awesome experience. Like I really learned how to be a makeup artist there. I learned, I mean, I was already kind of like in sales with like the retail jobs that I've had and like working for the jewelry designer, but getting to learn from other makeup artists, learning little tips and tricks and just like how like formulations work together and creating longevity with your look and all of that. Um, So I spent about, two years at Mac before deciding to just fully freelance. And it was during my time freelancing after a few years that I decided to get my aesthetic license. Now, when I went, when I decided that I was going to go to esthetician school, I still went because of makeup. I had got called for a job and the, the job was for like a daytime TV show. And certain networks and production companies, like if they're hiring like hairstylists or makeup artists, you either have to be a part of a union or you have to be licensed. So a licensed cosmetologist, licensed esthetician. So the person reached out to me and she said, you know, are you in the union? Are you licensed? And I'm like, no, I'm neither of those things. And she was like, well, let me see if my you know, producer would give me a break because I really need someone to cover me for this job because I'm going on vacation. 
And I said, well, I'm available. Hopefully they say yes. And she called me back in five minutes and she was like, yeah, it's going to be a no. I'm sorry. Like, thank you for saying yes. But, you know, it's I was she was like, it can be a liability issue. And I said, "Okay." And before she got off the phone, I said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. I said, would you suggest that I try to get to the union because that's something I've been thinking about or should I get my license? And she said, I think you should get your license, get your esthetician license because you can do so much more with it. And that's all she said. And I said, okay. So I started looking into it. I'm like, okay. Started looking into like, are they going to make it a thing in New York where makeup artists need to be licensed because at least I'll, I can be ahead of the game with that. Um, what kind of jobs do licensed estheticians have? And I just started looking into it and I said, well, you know, if it's going to further my career as a makeup artist, I'm going to do it. And when I initially applied for school, I didn't get the aid that I needed because financially I knew I couldn't do it on my own. So I said, okay, I'm not going to go this year. I'll try again next year. So this was 2015. I tried again in 2016. I said, if I get financial aid, I'm going to go no matter what. I'm going to figure it out when I'm going to go. And I did. So I I got it. I did. I went part time and I went to school at night. And during the week, I was freelancing during the day. It was like one or two times I couldn't go to school because I really wanted to do a particular photo shoot that I got booked for. I remember they reached out to me from I think it was who, what, where. And they reached out to me for a segment that they were doing. They had, they were doing a big shoot for it and they needed a makeup artist. And I told my instructor, I said, yeah, so I'm not coming to school next week. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to miss one day. And they, they give you a, mon- a certain amount of days you can miss which won't interfere with your hours for school. And I just was very strategic with the jobs that I chose. And thankfully, like I maxed out on my days, which was fine because I did the jobs that I wanted to do and everything else was kind of like in between. And I went to school and I in, I learned a lot. It changed the game for me as far as like learning how the skin operates and just like being well-versed in what these ingredients in the products that we use, what they do, um, how to help someone with their skin beyond just like makeup. Cause makeup gives you that instant gratification. Right. But overall people do want healthier looking skin. So to be able to do that, that's like, it's two different sides of the spectrum. Like I respect what, what makeup artists do. And I say that now because I'm not practicing as a makeup artist anymore. I'm not taking clients anymore. I've been fully immersed in my business. Um, but what makeup artists do, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Like you can, a whole, a person's whole mood can change just from you doing their makeup. Like they light up their best selves really does shine through once you're done putting together the look. So that was a beautiful feeling, but it's also a different feeling when you help someone overcome like their insecurities and everything with their skin and you help them like get to the best version of themselves or like how they really see themselves. Um, so when I got my license, I was still pursuing makeup, but I said, you know what, let me try and see if I can do this at home. So I did start my business before back in 2017, but I just was kind of like, oh, I'm going to take some facials. I'm going to take some clients And then I realized I wasn't ready to run a business. I was like, this is cool, but I would rather learn. And I I would rather work somewhere and learn how to run the business because I, I don't have an example of that. I didn't grow up watching like my uncle or my aunt or whatever run their own business. What did you feel you were missing? I think it was just 
the understanding of how to structure yourself as a business. Like, what do you need? You know, like if you tell me to do something creative, I can do that with my eyes closed. Like I'm not a person that likes to do all of the logistical things that come along with running a business. Um, I do like to create the, the aesthetic, you know, I love the client experience, but all the other stuff, I don't really like to do. And that's just honest. Um, But I still need to know it. You know, I think any smart business owner, whether they want to do those things or not, they should at least know how it's done so that they're not fully dependent on the knowledge of someone else because they have no idea how to do this thing that they need to do in their business. So I went and worked for a company to kind of just get my feet wet, just like, you know, seeing clients super repetitively, but also seeing like, how do you run this? Like if I dream of one day having my own salon or larger facial studio where I want to employ other estheticians, I need to know how you do this. Um, Cause it's not just about doing the facial when you're thinking it, thinking about it on such a broad scale. Um, so I worked with this company for, I think I worked with them for like three years. Um, I did take a gap, a break in between working with them because again, I was still like, I'm going to be a makeup artist and I'm going to, you know, take my career to the next level. And during that time, I kept getting opportunities that were like skincare related and people were so like, they were so intrigued by the fact that I was an esthetician, like more than I've ever seen as being a makeup artist. And I'm like, okay, there's something here even though I'm a, I'm a little resistant to it, I need to lean into it. And once I did, things started to change for me. And um, yeah, I, I started my business in 2019. And this is a, a <laughs> all these changes over the span of like, oh my gosh, like 10, oh, pretty much 10 years. I worked in fashion. I worked in makeup. I worked in jewelry. Like, And I never thought about it in a positive way of exploring. I always felt like I was, I didn't know what I wanted or I couldn't figure it out or, you know, the scarcity mindset. So sometimes you just have to do things you don't necessarily want to do because you have to make sure you're okay financially and whatever. Um, But all those things that I learned is how I'm able to run my own business, even though I'm like, I've never had an example of that. When you think of an example, you're, you're thinking of like someone close to you. So you're thinking like family or family friend. You're not thinking of like, well, you pretty much help other people run their business. Prior to becoming an esthetician, did you have any problems with your skin that you figured out how to manage prior to? And did it change once you became an ex- esthetician? I didn't necessarily have like the typical issues that people think about prior to becoming an esthetician, like acne or like severe hyperpigmentation. I mean, I definitely have like inflammation and sensitivity. So I would start to pay attention more to, okay, in school, they don't just talk about like facials and facial treatments and skincare. It's also like your lifestyle. What are you eating? Are you exercising? Are you eating anti-inflammatory foods? So for me, it was like, okay, it's all connected, even though people just focus on what they see. So they're like, okay, I see this on my face. So I need to get this product or I need to do this facial and then everything will be fine. But it's like, no, you need to change your lifestyle. You could be living an inflammatory lifestyle and not know that, you know, and I'm not perfect. Like I know I have my time where I'm like indulging, (laughs) 
but I'm, but I also know what is best for me because I got that education. So I try to like educate my clients as much as I can to let them know, like, listen, it's not just you sticking to your routine. It might be you also pulling back on how much dairy you consume, how much sugar you consume, you know, gluten could be a trigger for you. Um, Are you moving a lot? Do you exercise? Are you stimulating your lymph nodes just by movement? And people don't think about that when it comes to their skin. They're just thinking, okay, I need this product. And if I use it for a couple of days, it should clear me up. Exactly. And so part of my podcast is about pregnancy, but even prior to that, you know, like there, there are hormonal changes as teenagers that can affect your skin that go all throughout their adulthood and then beyond. But so what I'm hearing is when do you recommend someone come see an esthetician? Because I think most people think I'm going to go after I have a problem. It's like regular maintenance, like how you would go and get a checkup or you would get a teeth cleaning. You go see your dentist say like, Hey, what's going on? Do I have any cavities in there? Am I good? Have I been doing the right thing? You kind of go and you check in. Most people, if they feel like, Oh, I don't have you know, it's all about verbiage too. Like, oh, I don't have bad skin, you know? Oh, so I don't need to do anything. And then until that, if that changes, that's when they feel like they need to do something. But no, it's even if you're in maintenance mode, even if you're just like, oh, I've never really had a breakout or whatever. Yeah, but you're what you're rinsing your face with water and then you put Vaseline on. Like you don't have a routine that's like, providing anything to your skin. So it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong or you have, you should wait until something is wrong to come. Like if you're curious about how can you maintain your skin, how can you keep your skin healthy? You should come and get a facial. Don't just wait until you're having severe hyperpigmentation or your skin is freaking out from stress and now it's breaking out. Don't wait until then because you can prevent that. And I can talk to you about that stuff because you're not going to know that stress is like one of the main triggers for most people's acne. You're not going to know that because you're like, oh, my skin's fine. I don't need to do anything. That's a waste of money. That's how some people think of it as opposed to just like, I want to maintain what I have. And if I can make it better, can you show me how? And I know that I know, for example, that there are times when I've gone to a nail salon and they have the facials. And I think a lot of people think that, oh, that's enough. Like, oh, I I can just go to them and get a facial where I get my nails, not understanding that there's a deeper technology to it than just doing that one facial. So the major, so the major difference is like, you know, basically you should definitely see an esthetician and not the same not go to where you get your manicure to go get a facial yeah I feel that there are some people I know it's a financial thing too right because this is a a luxury service um I do look at it as essential though because it's also getting that moment to have an experience of touch because some people don't experience like human touch on a regular basis and for their when they come in for their massages or their facials that's the only time they're getting human touch and we need that but i i know that sometimes it can be a financial issue because it's an investment so if you could come quarterly or twice a year just to kind of check in like hey this is what i've been doing for the past six months let me know if there's anything that i should change do you think i'm doing okay 
Um, what could I be doing better? Or am I, should I just keep going? Am I on the right path? And I have a client like that. Like she comes in, she came in the other day. I haven't seen her since COVID started and she came in for a facial. She's like, I'm so excited to see you. I hope you notice the difference in my skin. Cause you know, based on Based on our last facial, I, you know, I took all your suggestions and this is what I'm doing. She took pictures of all her products. She showed me everything. I could tell her skin looked good before she even got on the bed. So that's another thing we we talked about one time before, because in full disclosure, you're my esthetician. Um, But it's products, right? So one of the things that you do in, in your questionnaire is ask what products are people using? And we kind of had this conversation of like, before you go see your esthetician, you should not be, for example, I saw that Luminesque commercial and I'm going to buy this full product without fully understanding like what that is and what your skin texture is. So can you talk a little bit about when you go in for a facial with you, you're not just cleaning the skin, you're also examining and then recommending what products? I feel like consumers can be way more smarter if they just come in and get a consultation from a professional. So that consultation can look like a facial with, with my, when my clients come in, new clients, your facial is 90 minutes. Out of those 90 minutes, we're spending like 15 minutes just talking about what you're using. What do you know about skincare? What's your history? Have you been to a dermatologist before? Is this your first facial? How come you've never got a facial before or gone to a dermatologist? Do you have some apprehension? Um, if you if you know you're coming in for a facial, but then you see your favorite like it girl or it boy post something about their skin and their product and you go and buy it it kind of defeats the purpose because now it just looks like I am now telling you to buy more product, right? When really I'm just trying to make the best suggestion for you. Um, skincare is trial and error. It Sometimes people, you know, I hit it on the head and it works right away. And for some people, it takes us a little bit more time. So that's why I say it's an investment um, because some people's skin is very, very nuanced and unique. And you might think something will work just based on the knowledge that we have as professionals. And sometimes people challenge you and you have to try some things. Um, but when you, if you're going to go and like buy a bunch of products before coming in for a treatment, it kind of defeats the purpose because you're doing it blindly. You're, you're buying things based on what you think you see. You have no confirmation or you look at another person online and you're like, I think my skin is like this. So I'm just going to get that. And then you get that thing. And then you're wondering like, why does my face feel dry now? Or why does it, is it burning all the time? Or why am I breaking out? So it's best to get a consultation from an esthetician or a dermatologist to be able to guide you so that you can be a smarter consumer when you shop for products. I think what that that brought home to me, one of the things that that when we talked about it's like, you know, not just buying something because it works on someone else's skin. So what should people look out for when after they've come to you, for example, and you've recommended products and what would they then tell you um, to know if the product is working or if the product is not working? Like what should they be looking for on their skin? Well, I like to tell clients to take pictures Um, because you're looking at your face every day. So sometimes you're not going to see the changes. It's kind of like when you're working out and your goal is to lose weight. A lot of the time you don't notice that you're losing weight. It takes someone else seeing you and telling you like, wow, like you look smaller. Like you look at what you're doing is working. You look good, you know? Um, So take pictures. Um, I will show you 
I will talk to you about what I see and point it out to you. Like, okay, you see these fine lines in your forehead. It's really because you're dehydrated. It's not expression lines or you see all that flaking that you're experiencing or the sensitivity that's because you're using this particular product too much. Let's decrease the amount of usage or X, Y, and Z, but taking pictures helps because then you can look at your face and see that, okay, when I took this two weeks ago, my skin looked so tired and it looked dull and it looked dry. And now I look more awake and I look bright and vibrant. Um, I don't expect them to know the verbiage as a professional to know, you know, to be able to say certain things, but I try to give them that information and just showing them what that looks like so that they know what to look for. Like if this gets worse, it's probably not working. But if you start to see it look smoother and brighter, softer, um, that then you know it's working. Um, but pictures, pictures always help. I like am a super advocate for you taking pictures weekly. I know some people it can feel like a, a chore, but it really does help you see whether or not the products that you're investing in and the treatments that you're investing in are working. Is there anyone who should not see an esthetician? That's a little bit of a tough one. I feel like if you have like a specific um, skin disease, if you've been in and out of the doctor, um, you should be going to your doctor first to see if you can see an esthetician. Because if you have certain skin conditions that require you to be under the care of a physician, um, it, it more than likely there are a lot of products you can't really use on your skin. Um, and sometimes... There are places, there are facial practices that specialize in treating only people with sensitive skin. So I'm talking about your eczema, your rosacea, your psoriasis. Like they only work with those kind of clients because it's very limited the amount of things that you can use on someone with those type of um, skin diseases, lesions, conditions. Um, so I would say if you require the care of a physician, ask your physician first. Don't just go to an esthetician. And if you do, for whatever reason, um, if that person doesn't have like an intake form or questionnaire, let them know like, hey, I just want to let you know I booked an appointment with you and I felt that you should know that I have psoriasis and I get furbs on my face or I have rosacea and, you know, this has happened in the last week or I have eczema and my skin is really sensitive to X, Y, and Z. Like you have to give me all the information to be able to tailor that um that treatment to you. But again, if you're under the care of a physician, check with them first and then say, okay, I can book. If they say no, then they say no. That's, that's all great information. The one question I wanted to ask that I didn't put on to, before to give you was, how did you come up with the name of your studio? I love the name. Thank you. And the name Thank is, you. say the name too, by the way. Oh, it's, it's, it's called Meliskin Studio. Um, I was sitting at my computer desk and I was like, you know, working on the business. I was working on like, you know, logistical side, like structuring my business, getting everything in, in place before like, you know, doing all the fun stuff that I like to do, you know, designing the space, et cetera. It just popped into my head and I wrote it down and I text my best friend and I said, how does this sound to you? And she's like, I think that sounds really dope. And I was like, it's a play on like melanin and skin. She's like, no, I can tell. I was like, it doesn't sound silly, right? She's like, no, like it makes sense. And I just stuck with it. I normally would like second guess myself and start to think about it too much. 
But I was like, you know what? I just kept writing it down on paper. And then I remember calling my CPA at the, CPA at the time who helped structure my business. I was like, hey, I need to do a DBA for my business. And this is the name. And I just stuck with it. And I just kept calling my, I just kept saying the name like, oh, I'm going to open Meliskin Studio because my studio, Meliskin Studio, I just kept saying it. And yeah, that's it. And tell us a little bit about some of the services that you do provide. So my services are pretty custom. Um, I don't really like to say I specialize in anything besides the fact that I do focus on treating Black men and women and people of color. Um, A lot of my, like, when I do anything, I'm always like, how does it work with our skin. You know, this is my clientele. It's important to me to not use things that are going to cause post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. um, That's not going to irritate their skin. I don't want to use things that are going to cause that have like a huge possibility of causing an adverse effect. The purpose of them coming here is for them to feel good, to feel safe and to just experience effective treatments. Um, So I customize all of my facials. Like I don't feel that any of my facial treatments are the same because everyone that comes in that lays down in front of me, um, they have different skin concerns. They have different insecurities about their skin. um, They have different skin conditions and lesions. So my approach for everyone is, is, is different. Um, but I offer a customized facial treatment. I do use LED light therapy. Um, I also do a little bit of high frequency and I do microdermabrasion. I just got a new machine in that's like a wet and dry dermabrasion. So I'm excited about that. And I'll be offering some like superficial peels, nothing that maybe one or two that has downtime, but most of them will be pretty much like you can you know, go about your day. Um, but yeah, I try not to get too aggressive unless it's required. And I don't use that approach for everyone. I don't feel that that approach is for everyone. I do honestly feel like you can do like a low and slow method and still achieve the same results. You just, the client just has to be committed to the journey. That's so wonderful. I mean, I highly recommend everyone go and get a facial with you because I, you already know I recommend you all the time. Thank Anytime you. someone talks about my skin. Um, Thank you. And yeah. one of my favorite things to do, I, I mentioned movement before. I do believe in movement for the face. So I do do a lot of like massage. I do have a special massage technique treatment that I offer. I do do gua sha. So movement and massage is like really, really important to me. So if you're into facial massage, you should definitely come and get a facial. Definitely. Wonderful. The next segment that I move into is called Daily Inspiration. So in this, I want to know what brings you joy? I saw that question and I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, Right now, it's getting time to be around my friends and my family, like people that make me feel good, that that just spending time with them. Um, I'm still trying to figure out the things that bring me joy by myself because I've been really, really busy and just like working. You know, COVID really affected my business for like six months out of last year. I couldn't work. Um, So for me, it's been hard to pull away from work. And even like today, Mondays and Tuesdays are my days off from the studio and I'm here, you know, I'm answering, answering client emails. I'm checking in on them. I'm texting them. I'm following up with people. And, you know, some, some relationships have, you know, have ended with, you know, certain clients because they wanted more than I could give. So it's, 
it's been hard to find like joy that's just for me that doesn't necessarily involve someone else. And I'm actively working on that because I know it's something that's missing for me and it's very present for me that it is missing. But I have been finding some joy in like sharing like my home on Instagram and like sharing my home decor because it's not something that I do for work. So it's just it's my home and I really do enjoy being home, even though I don't get to spend that much time there. <laughs> but I mean, even your studio space is, is an unusual studio space, you know, it's like, it's, no, I mean, in the sense that, you know, you walk into an office building, right. And people assume that they're going to walk into an office room with just a table and, and then you've decorated and it looks like a mini apartment, like, the aesthetic is really warm and inviting and relaxing. So, you know, you definitely have a touch. Yeah. Because I started Meliskin Studio in our old apartment in our second bedroom, when I decided to come here, I'm like, okay, it's very office It's beautiful. It's clean. It's modern. They renovated the whole thing prior to me finding out about the space. I was just like, I don't want them to feel like they're walking into an office. Like, I don't want them to feel like it's like a doctor's appointment. Like, I like coziness. I'm most people, when they come here, they're in a vulnerable space, right? And you're allowing me to touch you, physically touch your body, your your personal space. You're allowing me to do that. So my way of showing my appreciation for that and to make you feel comfortable is to make it feel homey. So that's why when people come in, I'm like, yeah, take your shoes off, hang your coat up, like take everything off, take the day off. You're safe. You're good. You're going to relax. This is all about you. It's not about me. And so when I was designing the space, I thought of that. Like if I, I want, I wanted it to feel like I was like inviting you over for dinner almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like that. It does feel like that. Like if you, you do feel like you're walking into a different space, especially after coming from the waiting room and then you're like, oh, oh yeah, you definitely do get that. What's your favorite scent? My favorite scent. So there is, there's a brand that I like and there's a can- candle scent that I like. So there's a brand that I like called Le Labo. Um, they have this scent called um, Patchouli 24. And I, it's a, it's a unisex perfumery and my husband actually wears this scent um so I'll I'll put it on me if I feel like we haven't been spending a lot of time together because we've been so busy so it makes me feel like he's with me but I love things with like patchouli bergamot mirror sandalwood like I like that musky luxurious yeah Mm-hmm. scent um i mean I, I i do enjoy the typical like lavender rose like i love that but there's something about that that just like it's so luxurious and it's it's strong meaning strength not like strong as in scent like too much but it's also comforting to me i like that one i like that i'll have to look into that one what's a quote or a saying that inspires you i don't have one in particular but this woman I came across the other day, she said something that like blew my mind. She said that you're at war with what's happening in your imagination than what's actually happening in reality. Oh, I felt that. <laughs> felt that. And I yeah. was like, whoa. I was like, wow. <laughs> 
Like we really make things worse than what they actually are. But in our mind, that blew my mind. She's she's an attorney. I think she does like divorce. And stuff oh, like I know that. exactly who you're talking about on Instagram. And she's always inspiring. And yeah, she wears like these six inch stilettos and the outfits. Yes. And they're always and she has a son. Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. She is fierce. Her confidence when she's like, come on, give the people what they want. I need you to come up slow. 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 I like, yeah. <laughs> but I watched the whole video because it was like, I don't know, like six minutes or something like that. And I'm glad I watched it because I would have never like heard her say that. And when she said that and she repeated it, she's like, let me say that again for you. And I was like, wow. She, I like her a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know how I came across her and started following her. But yeah, that same. She's very confident, always inspiring, always talking about, you know, the positive side of things, even even how difficult divorce is. Yeah, I like her. I forget her name. And it just made me feel really present. Like, listen, it's not that bad. Keep doing your best. Like whatever your best looks like, keep doing that. If you know you're not doing your best, then, you know, keep pushing um and just being okay with like failure right I had a perfect example I had an email from a client um you know he's out in California we've been trying some things through his routine and it's like up and down and I said okay can I would like to try something else with you if you would allow me to and I will track your progress over the next couple months because more than anything I just want to help people with their skin because I can even though it's an emotional thing and doing the work that I do if you're not in the right space emotionally it's hard for you to help your clients because it's an emotional thing for them so sometimes and it's been very difficult with dealing with my own personal things and COVID and then also the things that are coming up for people because they've been stressed and their skin is like I've never seen anything like it before. The amount of people that have like acne and all of that right now, like I've never seen anything like it. And it's a lot, especially if you've never experienced it before and your body's response to stress is that. And you're like, what is happening to me? And it messes with people on top of what they're already dealing with. So we're both dealing with this stuff, right? We're dealing with this world stuff together. Then I have my personal stuff. You have your personal stuff, but you're coming to me for one of those things. So I have to make sure I am in the best space possible to help you. Um, you know, this this is part of the whole experience as well. Like people have to understand that it's not just topical. It's also, and then you as a person touching someone's body. It's like, you know, uh, you said you're Jamaican. Um, my family is Panamanian. I have Jamaican and St. Lucian and all of that in there. But it's the same thing of like, you know, there's energy in things that we do, right? And there's energy in what when we touch someone's body, right, as a doula and then or people touching your hair. And like you said, touching your face, that's energy. Yeah, It's so much energy. And when he emailed me, he said, you know, I thought about it and I think I'm just going to go with the dermatologist. I don't feel like the routine thing is working out for me right now. And it could just be that he's like, I can't really stick with it. Like he's never really had a routine before and he's never broken out before. So he's dealing with two new things where he's like, I don't really have the bandwidth to go through this journey. Like I need my skin to get back to what it was because I don't know what this is. And, and I had to take a moment and respect it and just say, 
that it doesn't mean you did a bad thing, but take a step back and see how you could have did it better. That just means you care, you know, and you do. Yeah, You're I underlying, care a lot. Exactly. And underlying, the underlying tone is that you want to help. So that is a good thing. What would you like to see change in your career? I would like to see more people be patient with themselves. Um, be patient with the journey because skincare, skin wellness rather, is a journey and it takes commitment from both parts. Like as long as you show me you're committed, I'm committed to you. I'm always going to be committed because I do this work. But if as long as you're committed to me, like I'm here, like I'm here to help you. Um, I mean, I'm not at anyone's beck and call, but I'm here to help you. I've made myself available in certain ways. I communicate to you so that you don't feel alone. Um, but I would like to see people be more patient. Um, I would like to see the beauty industry change their verbiage around how they talk about people's skin and just use it and not using words like good skin, bad skin, better skin, you know, because what happened, you know, acne, acne is normal. It's a normal thing. Hyperpigmentation, that is normal, especially if you're a black man, a woman, or a person of color, honey, you're going to get hyperpigmentation all the time. (laughs) It just depends on what you do to prevent it. Right. And then as far as me, I want to see my business evolve. Um, I want to see it evolve into a space where estheticians like love coming to work and people love coming to get service and, you know, start their skin skincare journey and skin wellness journey rather um, and learn, learn about themselves, learn about their skin. Even if they don't, even if they only come once or come twice, at least they'll leave knowing like I learned about my skin. And now when I make certain decisions, I have, I'm equipped with certain knowledge now that's more tailored to me to be able to make the right decisions for myself. That's lovely. Yeah, I think, and I think you're, you're, the person to help spearhead that, like really, because you are doing that in your journey and you're showing that, right? Even like with your studio, I there's no other, I've never been to another studio like that. So in my next segment, I know you don't have any children yet, but do you happen to know the story of your birth? I asked my mom, but it was so vague. I feel like Women back in the day, like they don't think of their birthing story the way that we're so like women today are so present to it. Um, Because I remember asking my mom, like, when you were pregnant with me, like, do you remember anything? Like, she was like, you know, my nose got big. She was like, you and your brother both gave me stretch marks. Um, She said, I can't remember if her water broke at home. But I know, I think it was like one of my cousins or my aunts that drove her to the hospital because she started feeling contractions. She said, my dad, he wasn't there for the birth, but he came after. But then he wasn't there the day that they were, she needed to sign the birth certificate. So that's how I ended up with my mom's last name and not my dad's. And because like, they weren't like, together to get like they were together but it was like some stuff going on I guess I don't know but either way I ended up with my mom's last name and not my dad's but yeah I don't really remember that like when I asked her that day it was nothing of significance that I remembered that she told me about her birth story and I only asked her because I'm like yeah my mom has never spoken to me about 
what the birth was like. Yeah, I think I think you're right in the sense that some sometimes they're their experience wasn't centered in that way around the story. It's more so, oh, you had a baby, you know, and like the that journey of motherhood more so. My mother only remembers, the only thing that she remembers from my birth story is that they gave her an episiotomy and I was her third child. And all she used to tell me growing up was they cut me. And I, and, I, and I was just like, what? Why do they cut women? Like, what is that? But that was the only thing she told me. So for years, I just thought, oh, they're just going to cut you, like, <laughs> for no reason. Wow. So, yeah. The only thing that I grew up thinking about was the stretch marks. Because my mom, like, because my mom is a very slender woman. So looking at my mom, you would not know that she had two kids. So the only thing that she really has to show is the stretch marks on her stomach. And that's all she talks about. She's like, because you and your brother did this to me. And you and your brother, that's why I can't wear a bikini. You and your brother. But my mom is like slender. Like you would look at my mom. She has arms like Angela Bassett. You would think my mom is in the gym every day. She's not. <laughs> but she can do She can do push-ups. She can do all that stuff. But my mom has always been a very attractive, like younger looking woman. And even in her late fifties now, she still looks very young. And yeah, when she's like, I have two kids and you know, me and my brother come around the corner. They're like, those are not your children. She's like, yes, that's my daughter. And that's my son. (laughs) I can talk to you forever. Thank you. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Let the people know where they can find you. So you can find out more about the studio at mellaskinstudio.com. That's M-E-L-A-S-K-I-N studio.com. Um, the Instagram name is the same. Um, if you want to um, follow me with like, like my personal stuff and like con- other content creation work that I do or see pictures of my beautiful home, you can follow me on at Keeshology, K-E-E-S-H-O-L-O-G-Y on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. I, I just came across at Keeshology the other day. I don't know why. And I was like, how, how, I not, how did I not know about this? <laughs> It was so great speaking with you. Thank you for being on my podcast. Gracias. Thanks for listening to the Clear Birth Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at the Clear Birth Podcast. If you want to send me an email, you can reach me at theclearbirthpodcast at gmail.com. Hasta luego. Goodbye. Until next time.